1: live from the eye of Hurricane Florence. Give it up for Hurricane Florence. Visible
2: from outer space, <laughs> if you want to see the whole thing. Yeah, you can see it, like, from Saturn. <laughs> 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 hey, did you see some of the slick graphics, though, that the Weather Channel Oh, using? I was going to
1: bring that up. <laughs> there's this graphic, which, think everybody has seen, because there's, like, 130,000 yeah. comments.
2: Slick, slick graphics.
1: That, uh... That really show how wet Carolina's gonna get.
2: The storm surge (laughs) and just the giant hole you can leave in the storm surge. The amount of
1: pounding that the Carolinas are gonna take is fucking epic. Ew. I'm just saying this is one of those hurricanes with a brown eye. It's just.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know that that's an epic pounding. There's a lot of ow. uh, Let's just stop. Let's just not do that. It's not epic at all. It's like the least epic thing. It's the worst birthday ever. Jesus.
1: I fucking hate my birthday. Flag day isn't what it's cracked Flag up to day. either.
3: Oh International Women's Day. That sucks.
1: So, you yeah. know, like I I in all seriousness, though, you know, I've I've read a bunch of articles about, you know, the amount of damage that they're expecting this hurricane sure. yeah, to yeah, do. Yeah, and man. they're they're thinking this is going to be a pretty significant event. Um, and and there's a couple of reasons, and like it is. It is one of those moments where you have to pause and say, like, "Hey, it's gonna it's 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 worse because of the environmental damage we've done to the coasts, right? Like, it's demonstrably true, it's measurably true, and we are reaping the reward. I don't mean to like come off at the beginning of the show, but like, this is happening this weekend. Like this weekend, this hurricane is going to hit and it's going to do a tremendous amount of damage, most likely according to all the forecasts. Yeah, and like you can watch it happen." Before it happens, we can be like, well, that's worse than it should be because you know, we didn't pay you, fucking attention you know to anything. Gonna you yeah. know it's going to be. You know it's going to be. Right.
2: Yeah. 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 And, and it's funny, too, that you mentioned that because like like every once in a while, some things will come across where I'll start reading about environmental damage. And all of the, the environmental scientists at this point have taken their large stacks of papers and just thrown them straight up in yeah, the air right. and walked off into the distance. They're just like, fuck it. I'm out of here. And they just quit. They're just like, I'm done. Cause there's so many things that are so wrong with the environment now that they're just like, yeah, we're just not, we don't uh, care at all. We're just not who cares. We don't care at all. Like nobody cares. Yeah.
1: Like nobody cares. Yeah. There's like, I, and and I was, I was thinking about this too. when I was reading a couple of these stories. Like, are we at a point where there is that kind of like fatalist? Are we, are we at the point of fatalistic apathy nationally about this issue? have we internationally, internationally right have we run I it guess the, not internationally, yeah, internationally I, a lot of people still, some, yeah some a lot of people
2: on. in the in the <clears throat> world are very environmentally conscious there's plenty of countries that are very environmentally conscious right do you think there's we, even some corporations in the United States that are environmentally conscious well
1: you know like what I wonder though is like have we worn this issue out so much without accomplishing anything because this seems to be a uniquely American thing that we're really good at like, we'll take an issue, we'll raise it up to a pretty high level, we'll make a great big deal about it, then we won't change anything, and we'll wait for all the energy in that system to peter out. And then, eh, you know, like, at some point, it's like, I can't summon the energy anymore. I'm thinking of, like, remember Occupy Wall Street? How yeah. much energy and enthusiasm that had? Sure. And how big a deal it was? Sure. And then it stopped... After a while, being the thing that everyone was worked up about, and I wonder if like we're and the getting... presidency. I mean, yeah. like like look yeah. at the presidency. Do you, know what you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, absolutely. Though? Like that level it's, of yeah, like, it's fuck it's, yeah, let's change shit, and yeah. then like nothing changed. Yeah, still yeah, more. Yeah, it's it's marriage. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> like. It's marriage. Like, how long can we sustain?
2: Before we're just like, you know what? Maybe we deserve it before we have garbage to, ocean. Before we have to pay alimony to climate climate change. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. How long will we have to pay alimony to climate change? Eight years, one hundred and one payments. <laughs> eight years, eight years. We're not gonna live eight years though. But like like is do you think
1: we're I'm curious about your thought on that. Like, do you think we're there? Do you think I there's think, still momentum to I think what we do.
2: Those? I think what we do is we we do get frenzied about certain things and then we get fatigued and you hear about them so much that you get fatigued by them. Mm -hmm. And so then you stop worrying about it and becomes the new normal. Right. And so what we're at now is the new normal in the sense that it's like, like I'm going to, here's, here's, here's my example. I'm going to die. I got maybe 40, probably 30 more likely 20 years left. Jesus, right? man. So I'm dropping it as I go. I'm fifteen. You're- fifteen times. I'm like auctioning myself. Do I have 10? 10 10. 7. Seven. Nobody- 7 6, 6, 5, 5. Okay, 5. Can you make it through but, the evening? Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> probably Jesus. not. You I don't know how to edit this. You it's saw all going I- out live. You saw what I ate earlier, right? Fries. I'm gonna die early. But anyway, the uh the the thing is is that I don't have a lot of time on this planet. I'm gonna die. I don't have any offspring. Right. What do I care? You know what I mean. Like, I do care, but at the same time, like, there's going to be a level at the fatigue where I'm not gonna. I'm just gonna give up. I'm gonna be like, I don't because I can't change anything. Are you there? I am not there yet. I would. I think I would. I would be embrace a lot of different things about um, climate change prevention. But I think one of the things that, that we've been tricked on, and I've read this several times, and I'd love it if somebody who knew about this sort of stuff would correct me if I'm wrong on it, but I've read a lot of things that say individuals can't change anything really. It's corporations that have to change. It's giant corporations that fly our products across the country. Amazon's yeah. a perfect example of that, right? They fly our products right. everywhere across the country. They have you know two days, so they're flying shit everywhere all over the country. They're producing so much more greenhouse gases than people, you know, than than and in, in, you know any group of individuals you can muster. Sure. So the the problem is, is that we're trying to approach. And like being more climate conscious mm-hmm. on individuals like us where we're like, oh, I, you could keep the fork when you deliver my food to <clears> me, right? The little things that we do, those right. things will never add up right. to real change. We have to, there, there has to be buy-in from large corporations. And if there isn't, there has to be enforcing of that buy-in by the government, which is what other countries do. They enforce that buy-in. Sure that's the only real way to change things. And so to be perfectly frank, of all the things I ever read about it, I feel powerless. I just feel genuinely powerless. Yeah, I, like I mean, I could not drive my car tonight and I could take a the train here if I wanted. Those are those are options I have. But my contribution to global warming from driving my car from here to home versus what Amazon just did right now, sure. <laughs> is you know so minuscule, you know even if a hundred thousand people decided not to drive their car six blocks. It wouldn't matter.
1: Yeah, right.
2: Do you know what I mean? I do.
1: Yeah. I do. And it's it's like, I, I I I was having this conversation with Haley the other day. Like, I still care about the same things I was worked up about when when we met, when we met when we met and we were in our I was in my my early twenties. Yeah, and there were there were all these social issues. You and I, I was, met. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sorry.
4: Yeah.
1: And, uh, I in my early twenties, I was all worked up about a, a number of social issues and I still care about them. I just don't think I can do anything about it anymore. Yeah. So I, when I think about those issues, I care. And I think I was right about most of those things to be worried. And then I don't do anything different because at some point, you know, like what, what am I supposed to fucking do Yeah. about any of it? Yeah. And like I'm watching the news and I'm watching this hurricane like I know it's a big downer. Like I'm watching this news and watch this hurricane come barreling in. And we'll talk a little later in the show about, you know, Hurricane Maria in Puerto Rico and the damage that that caused. Yeah. And it's like we know it's happening like we know. And like if we are rational, there's so many things we know. And we're just like, like we're just
2: exhausted by all of it. But, and then how this, do you avoid the exhaustion? Well, I think also, too, the thing that gets me fired up about it is our clear cut attitude. It's something we've talked about many, yeah. many times on yeah. the show. It's the attitude of, I don't give a fuck if I light the world on fire today as long as I make a dollar. Like, as long as I make a dollar, I don't care how I treat this planet. And I've, you know, and it's it's an obvious philosophy that you can see in many, many businesses. Sure. Yeah. The only way to it's change It's quarterly it, earnings you know, philosophy. The know? only way to change <clears> it is by enforcing it through regulation. That's the only way to change it. But then you pull the teeth out of everything with, with you know, when you put Pruitt in there, not anymore, but you, you, know, yeah. you, you pull the teeth out of a lot of that stuff, the EPA. So w- we are, you know, the, the thing is, is that when you, when you elect people that, that don't care or that say it's a hoax, I mean, you know, we, we have a president right now who thinks it's a hoax, thinks climate change is a hoax, so, you know, so nothing's going to happen. I mean, so not, nothing, nothing, nothing not, bad, things, bad, objective, like, objective measures. Absolutely. Yeah. The other way, right. You're, you're, you're opening, you're just basically just being like every day I release a can of Freon <laughs> for my homies. <laughs> you know you I mean? do remember like, what he said about his hairspray, yeah. right? Yeah. He's, he doesn't he's care. Like, he's like, yeah, whatever. He's right. like,
1: yeah, if I, if I use this fucking can of aerosol in my sealed
2: apartment, yeah, how is it, it supposed it, it to get out? There's no way the... it can ever get out. It's stuck. It's stuck in here, Ugh. like my hair. <laughs> but yeah, like like I, so I I do feel that level of fatigue. Um, and it, it's interesting. Why don't we talk about that story right now, Tom? Let's talk about the Trump story because I think this does play into what we were talking. I think about. it does yeah. too. So this is
1: from CNBC. Uh, Trump claims without evidence that three thousand people did not die in Puerto Rico hurricanes, blames Democrats for inflating the toll. Um, so Trump has said um, through Twitter, of course. Um, that it's the Democrats who've changed the number from between eight and 18 to 3000. Yeah. And he says without any evidence, he's in fact says like, ah, they're even blaming people who died of old age on the hurricane in order to inflate these numbers to make it look like I did a bad job managing this hurricane. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's just objectively not the truth, right? Like that is a not, let's, let's get that out of the way. Like that is aggressively untrue. And we talked about this. We Everybody knew this back when the number 8 or 18, whichever it was, was, was being it,
2: yeah. reported. Yeah, it was being is that
1: touted. Initially, the way that they were counting bodies was so conservative. Yeah. And so, uh, not, and so much did not take into account all of the effects of Hurricane Maria. That that number, everybody knew that number was going to go up. But the facts on the ground were in dispute. The place was a fucking nightmare. They still didn't have electricity. Nobody was... Nobody was putting the numbers together, yeah. You know, and in then,
2: the, in the way that they needed yeah, to. And Harvard or something that was Harvard or Yale right. sent came in and down said, "Well, and,
1: let's look at the difference. To try to figure it out yeah. in this time period. Yeah, and, how many
2: unusual? And, yeah. And, yeah, exactly. Unusual, right? They were paying attention. They had a right. methodology. They didn't just go down there and be like, let 'Let's just fucking plus or 3,000. No, right? No, and just yeah. you know, with a f- yeah, they didn't just guess. Yeah, very roughly yeah. the
1: method was: we expect a certain number of people to die through natural causes, to to die through all of the normal course of events of life. The normal death toll is approximately X. Let's look at the deviation from the norm. Yeah. And then let's examine the causes of death from those deviations. And and, and they did. They they, did it
2: in an individual level. They didn't just say like, ah, it's about... uh, They didn't just guess. Right. And they also specifically talk about when infrastructure... Caused deaths. Right. I remember specifically reading about how they how they figured in infrastructure, like the road wasn't open, so they couldn't get to the hospital in time, and right. the person died. That's hurricane related, man. Like there's there's no way to be like that's not hurricane right, related. Because if it the hurricane didn't. had not happened, yeah, then that road would not yeah. have been closed. Then I mean, fine. Like it's a super fucking yeah. simple piece of yeah. math here. Same thing with communications right. and other. They 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 went through and they named a bunch of reasons why certain people died. And all those people got thrown in. Here's what, here's what I heard this week. And this is something you said similar to what you said last week. Um, George W. Bush and all these other presidents. And I, I, I want to say maybe even Obama said this in his last, latest speech. And the fact like there are objective facts. And every president since before this president would at least try to talk about the objective facts. They would say, yeah. these are the facts. Now, maybe we disagree about it, but let's figure out how we're going to have this conversation about it. I might have heard Bob Woodward say something like this recently mm-hmm. in this week. But but there's this concept before that the facts would be reported and then we would have the facts and then the government would try to defend itself it's by big. saying, hey, you know, yeah, 3,000 people died. However, here's a couple of things that we should Pay attention to right. Their infrastructure was poor to start out with. They didn't have a good electrical grid. That electrical grid was nearly falling apart before the storm hit. You know what I mean? Like, like they had like five or six things that they were like, "Look, we get that that people died. We get that food sat on the dock. We get before the storm,
1: but there was we did the best we could under the circumstances.
2: Exactly right. Like you can argue and make the argument and still have that three thousand number and have facts and then say. Here's what we think. Here's why we think that happened. And then the other side says, no, you were incompetent. Here's why it happened. And then you have an argument about about that number and why that number means something. And that's okay, right? That's kind of where we've been for a long time, right? We're not there anymore. Now we're at a place where the president says, that never happened. That didn't happen. No, we've always been at
1: war with Oceania. That's... It's seriously some weird 1984 shit where you just restate something as if it were always the truth. Right. Despite it not having any relationship to the truth. Like,
2: that's not okay. I I want to stop you for a second. I was in the middle of the thought, that's not fucking okay! That is not okay. That's not any fucking any bit okay ever. Like the idea that we are growing and it's, 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 we're getting fatigued by this. He's been doing this to us for 18 months or whatever. Yeah. Almost two years. Right. Right. We Constantly say that's not okay. And we keep on hearing it and we keep on hearing him deviate from this. And he keeps on lying and he keeps on saying large provable lies. And we keep on saying, eh, Eh uh, yeah. Yeah? Could you have, I mean, and I listened to a podcast this week where they said if he would have said something like this 2 weeks ago or, or 2 years a year ago, we'd be running around like our hair was on fire. But we're getting to the point where we're just kind of hand waving it off. And I'm really afraid that once this president goes away because they, I I really do feel like there is going to be I I do think there will be a, a blue wave. I do think that do there's going to be a push. At least you know, maybe he does win reelection, but I have a feeling like he's going to be very, very hamstrung by a, a government that is, that is democratic. I think that there's they're showing right now some some significant polls, although so they're not they're not uh, they're not things you want to write a home little about. Gun shy on the polls. The Cecil. reason why you do want to be on gun shy is because the, <clears> the 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 voters, um, and the registered voters that they poll, and then the actual voters, voters yeah. can be sometimes very different. Right. So we got to be you got to be careful. Um, But very large swings in large portions of the country lead me to believe that there will be something that, you know, that there might be some real switching uh, of some seats in the federal government, Even, even though since 2010 the Republicans have been trying to gerrymander the fuck out of everything. They redistrict oh yeah. and they've been gerrymandering the shit out of this entire country. Once Kavanaugh yeah. is,
1: is, is confirmed. Yeah. Gerrymandering is going to be the permanent law of the land. Yeah. It'll, yeah. Cause the Supreme court's already declined to hear a couple of cases. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. like we're fucked on the gerrymandering yeah. the gerrymandering will be fucked.
2: Yeah. But in any case, I'm afraid that when somebody comes in, that they're going to do this too. And even if they are guy they're going to do this too. Yeah, we've talked I about... Don't, does, yeah, does this set a precedent I, for new behavior? I don't want this to be yeah. the behavior. Yeah. I think that the other way, even though I see that as a cop-out when somebody says, yeah, it was 3,000, but blah, 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 blah. Just take, you know, yeah, just fucking right. suck it yeah. up, whatever. But I see that as a cop-out. But at least that you're having a dialogue about actuality, right? At least right. you're having dialogue about something that's... that's a, they're just having a dialogue about about reality, the truth about yeah, reality right. yeah right now we're not even we're not ever going to get there because if he's saying this like let's say he has a if he says that 3000 people didn't die what is Sarah Huckabee Sanders how is she going to answer any of those questions how does she answer a question yeah. about this because she's going to say the president said what the president said and that's it
1: well there there's no accountability the president the government at this point like if if we can just rename the truth, right? If we can just decide that true things aren't true and decide that things that never happened, happen. Right. Like we're in a place of where we have lost democracy. Yeah. That there is no such thing. I don't care if you picked somebody. It's not a democracy anymore. When truth is not the thing that, when facts and truth are not the thing that we are responsive to anymore. Yeah. Because now what we are responsive to is The fiction in someone's mind who is more powerful. Now what we're doing is we're being ruled by like fucking Kurt Vonnegut. Like who can write a a more compelling fiction? Sure. It's a crazy world. Like it's a crazy person's world. I share the same worry that like if I am a political uh, actor in the world, I'm going to look at this and say this is an effective way to handle controversy. An effective way to handle controversy is to rename the truth. Just, just completely, don't defend your position. Just deny the opposing position. Pretend, pretend it didn't even happen. Ignore the truth of the world. You know, like it, it's this is we're gonna get into wars for this. Yeah. How will we know the difference? You want, yeah, well. How won't. will we know? You we're won't. we're gonna get to a point very soon. Yeah. And we'll talk about this too. Like, we're gonna get to a point very soon where. It's going to be very easy to be tricked. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And we're going to have to be super, super careful all the time. And we're not going to be, because that level of diligence is exhausting. Mm
4: -hmm. In the name of Jesus, we speak that. (laughs)
1: All right, this story is from statesman.com. Former Texas regulator is out as CEO at biblically-oriented oil firm. Huh. So this is kind of amazing. There is an oil firm. It's called Zion Oil and Gas. Big shock, based out of Dallas. Hmm. Um, and here's their methodology. They hire a geologist who loves Jesus. Oh, as a okay. geologist, I A think. geologist. And yeah. the geologist goes to Israel and, I guess, wanders around with the Bible for a while. Mm-hmm. And then does not find oil for 10 years. <laughs> 10 years they haven't found any oil using the Bible. Here's what he says He says, We make our plans for how and where to drill, but ultimately the outcome, that's in God's hands. Well, then why plan anything? I'll just randomly stick a straw in the dirt <laughs> and see if you can siphon out some fucking oil. You idiot. You fucking goober. A decade, this dumb motherfucker is wandering around the desert of Israel looking for oil using biblical clues rather than his master's
2: degree in geology. Well, it's funny because like, when you pick and choose your science, it's as good as when you pick and choose your geology sites, Uh, I guess.
1: He says his job is to bring the geology that informs the theology. Uh, He's so... Clever, not clever enough to find oil, and your job is to find
2: oil. Could you imagine, though, if they like, like if they use theology to inform other forms of science, like women's health or something? <laughs> that would be terrible, wouldn't it?
1: You probably got a piece of jade
2: egg stuck yeah. in there or whatever. We're just not going to let you get that. Not evolution. sure how that works. Sorry. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Because they kind of do that. They kind of do. Turns out. Yeah. 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 Sad day. It's amazing.
1: You know what I wonder? How can your job be to find or oil? Like climate change, too,
2: <laughs> be <laughs> or, another one, right? Yeah, yeah, or yeah or economics. Like, well, you can't fucking do anything to the earth, right? God said, "Go fuck it."
1: All we use this, all we use theology to inform is, is all the stuff, jurisprudence, yeah. and yeah, science, teaching evolution and in school, and education, yeah. and yeah, so pretty much, pretty much all anything the stuff. we can pass laws on, yeah, exactly, anything yeah, that we're passing.
2: Well, it's so effective here. I'm so glad we're using it in other areas. So if
1: your job was to find oil and then you didn't find any for Mm -hmm. ten years, years. how were you employed at year eight? Like if if my job is to do something, I don't care
4: literally what it is. Yeah,
1: I don't think I can not do a good job for a decade for that long before somebody's like, Now, all right, Tom, (laughs) we've given you a solid 10 years to produce one success. (laughs) It's not the cure for cancer. It's not like it's like some fucking research scientist trying to find the cure for cancer. And it's not
2: like nobody else has found oil in the meantime. <laughs> right.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah. It's not children of men where there's like, like no pregnant yeah. chicks or it's whatever. Like, you know
2: what? Other people are successful at this job. You are not. Yeah. Maybe you, go talk to one
1: yeah. of those guys. Hey, are you guys using old books? Yeah. What do you got? What do you no. got? What are, you found oil. No. Uh what do you what are you reading? No. Hug Finn? <laughs> reading Hug Finn? Because Jim, you know, was dark, dark like
2: the oil. You know what I mean? He was dark. Huck Finn. Probably yeah, Huck Finn. Yeah. I'm going I'm to bring Huck Finn. We're before. using Moby Dick? <laughs> then they make oil out of whales well, spurts, or something? Well, it's spurts. The sperm. There was oil out of whales. Like, that's
1: different. Whale oil. I saw that as a parody is. on Pornhub. different. Anyway, I read. Everybody reads.
2: Whatever. I read a lot. Hey, Lord, we just asked it to be covered with the blood of Jesus. Open hearts, Lord. Open hearts.
1: Hey, uh... So you remember that little case in Pennsylvania where they found like a thousand people that were abused by 300 priests? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little worse than the German Catholic Church. uh, 3,677 sex abuse cases. That was
2: just one German (laughs) gangbang. Jesus. Can you imagine if they uncovered more? That was a wide angle lens. I'm just saying. (laughs) It's like, Woodstock. What's going on out there? man?
1: So this was Uh, uh, from 1946 to 2014. The records were examined um, and they have only about 4,000 cases. Now, um, I did read something that says that only it's about 14% of the clergy. That's what that that's what that was accounting for. Because it was 14% of the clergy. it's, It's not even one out of five that are raping kids. So really, the benefit of the doubt,
2: let's give it where it's due. I want to read part of this. Oh, okay. The uh, study concludes that more than half the victims were 13 or younger. Most were boys. Every sixth case involved rape. At least 1,670 clergy were involved. Both uh, both of these places reported. Another place wrote that 969 abuse victims were altar boys. And I just, I, I mean, I, I got to imagine... When you rape someone, you do alter them, right? I mean, like, <laughs> oh, like there's, no, there's oh, no way you don't man. you don't walk away from that unaltered. Well, guess what, you know? kid? You're an
1: altar boy <laughs> an now. <laughs> what a,
2: what uh, this is again another another thing that rolls back to what we were talking about before, that this is not an isolated incident. <laughs> this isn't just one group of people. This isn't just, you know, yeah, one anywhere they least. This is every single place. Yeah. And, you know, like you said. How are, how is this not being treated like this in every country where they're just like, no, we're just going to look at the entire thing and just like collate all the reports we got, start doing some real massive investigations and then just start claiming their shit. Like at what
1: point there. So, so what I was thinking about with, with relation to this is that in, in some countries they've looked at Scientology and said, you're not a real religion. Right, right. You, we're not treating you like a religion. Sure, we're not saying you can't get together and read L. Ron Hubbard. No yeah. one is saying that. You're just you're just but not tax exempt what or whatever is it is that we yeah. are. Yeah. yeah. At what point are we going to look at the Catholic Church and say, you know what, you're not a real religion. You are a criminal organization.
2: Yeah,
1: that's what you are. Yeah. Maybe there are people that are genuine believers. Certainly, there are genuine Scientological believers in the places in yeah. Europe where Scientology is not recognized as a yeah. valid religion. Sure. But at what point? Are we gonna, or is there a point? How many, literally, how many thousands of people need to rape children yeah. before we say, "Look, I, I, it doesn't matter that you believe this real hard. This is just a criminal organization, and you're not welcome here anymore. You're not welcome in our country to be. You don't get the rights and privileges that are afforded to sure. a, a religious organization. We afford the the privileges because we assume." And I, and, I, and that assumption is, is not valid, but there is a social
2: assumption that a religion does good, right? It's going to do, it's going to do something good. Right. And we, we talked about that before right. that, you know, they say they're doing good and then they just like basically bought a nice car for the priest or whatever.
1: Well, And, and like how many soup kitchens equal one raped kid, right? What's how's that math work? I don't know how that math works, but I know that we have literally thousands of raped children over the course of decade after decade after decade in in parish after parish after parish across all states, many countries
2: at what point are we just going to say you're not welcome here? Anymore? I got a question. follow question. Yeah. What kind of soup are they serving? That is a good question. Cream of barley legal? Because <laughs> <laughs> if that's the case, I'm going to say one soup one kitchen. Soup kitchen. <laughs> I want to point out one thing that we deal with on this show all the time and it's There's a group of people who claim that there's a pedophile ring in Hollywood. There's a group of people that claim there's a pedophile (laughs) ring in deep government. Like the deep state is fucking shuffling kids around. And there's a pedophile ring. I know! Like a literal pedophile ring that has been exposed that has thousands upon thousands of members. Yeah. And they've never even mentioned it. Isn't that amazing? I've never heard Liz Crokin... Talk about the Catholics. Point her half a finger right. at the Catholic church. <laughs> Haven't heard that at all. I what have, I've heard is it's Hillary. Yeah. Hillary's cutting the face off a baby. Not that, you know, 16 guys in this fucking parish in Germany fucking gangbang some kid or whatever. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like which is, you could find it when they're talking about thousands. Yeah thousands almost 4000 people abused they're talking about a span of time like this you know we're talking 20 30 years spans of time that these people are mm-hmm. being abused this is a real pedophile ring this yeah. is reality oh, yeah. right well, whenever yeah, they're confronted yeah. with these real conspiracies yeah. or real they don't they just pass their eyes right over it it's always the stuff that's more intriguing is the fake shit
0: ready to stick it in the glory hole Get links to their Facebook, Twitter, and if you still use it, Google Plus account at their website, dissonancepod.com. If you need to be all discreet about it, contact them by email at dissonance.podcast at gmail.com. Or you can call and leave a ransom message at 740-74-DOUBT. That's 740-743-6828. Want to hear Cognitive Dissonance commercial free and gain access to exclusive content, including full patron-only shows? Head to patreon.com forward slash dissonance pod and become a patron to support the show on a per episode basis. Love commercials? Not ready to become a patron? Give the guys a five-star review on iTunes or Stitcher or tell your buddies in the drunk tank about the show. We want to send a big sloppy glory hole to all the patrons and people who rate us. You fucking rock.
1: All right, Cecil. So we got to talk about this story. Uh, Don't link it. It's from the nyherald.com. The NY Herald is not a real news site by the way. It's not. So we looked at it today. We looked together at this today. extensively. So I want to call my stupid ass out and I and I'm going to laugh at myself because I have been I have been the biggest fucking chicken little fucking crying wolf guy about this subject forever. Um talking about how we need to be more diligent about being careful about our news. I I got taken by this story. So what happened just this week um, is I open up my Chrome browser and it, I got this story suggested to me. Um, and this story deals with a, an event that never occurred, a, a decapitated decapitated, decapitated pedophile. if to put it
2: back on. It's right, you just tighten it you back down. It, and then you loosened Right, decapilusened. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's childproof. <laughs> you got you to push, gotta push down, down on the, the head, twist, and then it
1: pops off. Oh, jeez. Oh, good stuff. I got to get the kid to open it. God damn it. So I, I was suckered into the story because it popped up when I opened my Chrome browser as a suggested story. And I think it popped up because it supposedly took place in my home t- uh, hometown. Sure, yeah. Right. So I looked at I saw my hometown. You're and, a pedophile. And I, I think those and two I was things like, oh, no, involved. my head. So I, I clicked on the story and I read through the story and I didn't think too much of it. I, I shared it with Haley and I was like, hey, this fucked up thing happened in hometown. That's fucked up thing. And then we had a whole conversation about this fucked up thing. And then she sent me a text message. Like, I don't think this is real, man. Like I can't find this story anywhere. And then I looked at it and it was like, Oh fuck. It's fake news. I got fake news from Chrome. Yeah. Like from my Chrome browser, I got fake news and I was, you know, and, and, and here's why I think this is kind of funny. Cause I, I do try to be aware of this. I do actively try to be aware of this as a real concern that I have, but I was reading the news while I was doing other things. I was not behaving. I was not thinking terribly critically. I saw it. I clicked on it. I read through it. I shared it. I was total. I am like, I did exactly what they want. You know what I mean? I saw it, uncritically read it while I was busy doing other things in the middle of multitasking. I thought it was interesting. I shared it. I moved that story along. I took that and thankfully Haley was smart enough to say like, that's not a fucking real stupid, but like, this is how this stuff happens. This is how this stuff moves. Cause most of the time, I think when we're reading the news, we're not reading the news as a, I'm going to sit down and read the news. We read the news on the shitter. We read the news while we're standing, waiting in line somewhere. You know what I mean? Like we do this. We, we consume, or at least I don't want to speak for everybody, but I think it's not unusual. I see other people do it. I think we consume this stuff, in ways that are casual, that lead to casual readings rather than careful, close reading. And I think we're at a place where, at least for me, I have to recognize that I did it. Like I took this, I took this fucking story at face value. I didn't research whether it was true. And then I passed that fucking thing along
2: yeah, and I got totally taken. It's interesting. Cause I like, we we're talking earlier about like, what's the goal? What's your goal at this site. And what their goal is at this site, we found out, was to get you to click on a story about the Women's March. Yeah. That seemed really sort of vanilla-y. Right. Um, didn't really have a lot of... Juice to it. Juice yeah. to it. I felt like when I read it, I was like, eh. But every single so- story on this site has the exact same subline, even though the headline is different. Right. And then the story is about the Women's March. Yeah. At one point, they're like, use this in your meatballs, or your meatloaf or something. And I clicked on it. And it's, and, it's a a picture, about the- and it's a picture of an F-16 jet <laughs> and the story of the women's march. <laughs> and I was like, I was intrigued because I was very intrigued to put F-16s in my meatballs. <laughs> but you know, the the women's march, there's no meatballs there. So I was just like, I was not interested. No, but like, it just didn't make any sense to me. So I wonder what the point is, is it adds, you know, cause it could be monetary, yeah, right? It could right. be, could very well be monetary. Um, and so uh, because this site is riddled, oh, it's, an, it's, an it's, it's riddled ad. with ads. Oh, it's terrible. And they're, yeah. and they're large uh, uh click-baity ads on the bottom of the page and on the side of the page. And like we said, every single one of these stories, Tom knows earlier that they spelled science wrong at the top <laughs> of the page. So they spelled science wrong. Um They have a sport section (laughs) instead of sports. (laughs) So, like, like once you stop for a half second and pay attention to this, you're like, oh my god, that's totally not a real site, right? But if you're, like you said, just sort of moving through your day and zooming along, and so what I what I think is is that you've just got to be real careful about your sources. There's another story we're not going to be covering today that you posted to this that I I looked at and I went to go see if again if there was somewhere else because. Whenever we get a story that's from some not big news source, right? I immediately don't know if it's true, right? So I, I go and I see if I could search for it. Well, I searched for the story that you, you found, and it was something about holy water causing a cholera outbreak. And so I was like, well, let me see if that's true. And so I dug up, and I couldn't find it anywhere, and the BBC link that they link to in the article. So they go out of their way to it say does BBC. Link to BBC. it does link to BBC, right. but it's, and it does link to a cholera outbreak, but it never says that it knows what the cholera outbreak is from. Right. And so uh, like this story is coming onto our newsfeed and saying, there's been a cholera outbreak because of holy water, a hilarious story for us. Right. Would have been the jokes just tell themselves at great. that point, yeah. but it's not something we can use because it doesn't, it doesn't, it, it doesn't, doesn't reach. Vet out. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. vet out. So w- when, whenever I look at stuff like that, I always think, like, is it from a large news source? Because I do give a pass to, like, New York Times, Washington Post. Sure. I figure those places vetted their stories. LA Times, you know, those places, Wall Street Journal, they have vetted their stories. Um, so I'll give those places a pass. But when we talk about these smaller local news sites, which is funny because they seem to, a lot of people seem to favor these smaller local, right. local news sites. I I think that you just got to have, like you say, a more critical eye. Just are they spelling science right? Yeah, you know. This
1: story's from Newsweek. Alabama pastor cuts up Nike gear from pulpit. I ain't using that no more. I ain't gonna
2: use that no more. I ain't using no, Nike. I, I just, I just done it. I ain't just using don't done that it. No more. I just don't done it. Well, I, I
1: bought these things from Nike, and then I
2: ruined them. You know what's hilarious is, he winds up cutting his wristbands and his headbands, but then he says, "I just bought my pair, last pair of Nike shoes." He is not cutting up his shoes. He's cutting uh-huh. up inexpensive wristbands. I mean, not inexpensive because it's Nike. Nike. So yeah. it's gonna be a little expensive, but it's certainly not shoe expensive. <laughs> well,
1: <laughs> can I ask you, like, he's got a wristband and he's got wristbands, and how, are you yeah. picturing him in like full jazzer size gear? I just think every time he works out, he looks like John McEnroe. Right? That's what That's I was what I picturing think- too. <laughs> was like, I'm trying to think of the last time I saw somebody wearing like a headband and wristbands. Like it was my dad playing racquetball
2: uh, in 1988. That's amazing. When like I work out, socks. when I work out, I wear a skull cap. And yeah. so I always look like a Muslim. When I, work out. <laughs> I have a, a big beard. ass beard and, and skull a skull cap. cap. I think it's great. Oh my God. Uh, it's good shit. Yeah. But, um, but uh, one interesting thing, one interesting byproduct of this, Tom, is that Nike sales um, grew reportedly 31% over the Labor Day weekend based on this ad with yeah. Colin Kaepernick in it. And the Colin Kaepernick is the guy who took a knee when he was playing for San Francisco and then um, basically couldn't get hired afterwards by any football team because he was just so toxic. Nobody right. wanted to hire him. Was he a him. good player? You know, it's interesting. Um, I had a conversation about this recently and my initial reaction to that was, you know, I didn't think he was super great, but the person came back with a a, a comment that it was all about the coaching. And I thought, you no, know, <laughs> no, no. What he said was, what he said was, we can keep him healthy. <laughs> we can him healthy. What he said was, is that the, the, the team that he was on, so he did not excel as a quarterback with the team he had, but that team was not very good. And so it's, it's hard to know whether or not he would have excelled in other places. But I will say this: I looked at the li- the list of people, quarterbacks that were that were chosen as second string quarterbacks, the quarterbacks that come in if the other one's hurt. Okay, I looked at a list of people that were signed instead of Colin Kaepernick, and I looked at that list and I was like, no, and someone should have signed him as a backup quarterback somewhere. Right. But I think he was just too hot to handle because but aren't of a his- lot of
1: guys taking these? He's just the first guy. He so was he a he got, first he guy. the first guy. He
2: was the one who ate a lot of shit about it, and he wouldn't stop doing it. And so there are some, but I don't think there's a ton. As oh, I I thought it was a whole. No, there was not like a whole bunch of them. There was a few, and some some teams banned it. Um, One of the things, though, too, that we do about these with these people is we say, "You can only protest in your designated area." Yeah, in your designated way. Here's your designated area. It's going to be behind this curtain. You're gonna to have to wear this muffle over your mouth right. yeah. so I never have to hear or see it. He's not flashing something. He's not pulling out his dick during the national anthem. He's not anthem. pissing on the flash. He's not, right. he's not, you know, dropping a deuce on the sidelines during the national anthem. He's kneeling. It's not, it's not offensive. Right. People find offense in this in some crazy way. And there's no reason to be offended by it. It's somebody, you know, it's somebody's personal actions. If I choose not to stand, but for the national anthem, that's on me, man. Yeah, man. But it's, it's the
1: quiet dignity and power of that kind of, Oh yeah. Of, of protest. Yeah. That is upsetting to people. Right. Yeah. Because if I'm, it's easy to dismiss a group of people who steal TVs and set buildings on fire. Right. Yeah. Like that is, that is legitimately easy to dismiss. There's yeah. There, right. But somebody who calls attention to an important issue in a dignified, quiet, respectful way, it's like, fuck, what do I do with that? Yeah. How do I minimize yeah, that? What yeah. do I do to make that smaller? Yeah. Like, and that's, that's why that's so powerful. And that's why that's so problematic. And like, that's why that inspires people to such like levels of vitriol over something so small. Yeah. Because it's so much more difficult to be like, yeah. fuck, yeah. that's not even uppity. What do I do with that? It's not even up. How do I,
2: how do I handle that? Right.
1: You know, it's like, what are you going to learn to read next? You're going to get good credit and learn
2: to swim. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. I can't, (laughs) I think, I think that, you know, when they, when the people see that and they see them, you know, not standing up for the, for the national Anthem, you know, I feel pressured to stand up for the national anthem. You yeah, know, like you, course, should, yeah. everybody feels pressured. You feel but when they when they say it's All intentional. Yeah, you have to do it. Like yeah. everybody, people don't understand that if they live out of this country, they don't understand because I don't know if you have to do that in other countries, but you sure as fuck need to do that here. Yeah, like if you go to any stadium, social pariah, you have to do it. Yeah, if you don't stand up, sure. you're yeah, no good for you. It's not going to be good for you, no. man. There's going to be people around you who are who are going to be outwardly pissy with you. You might get harassed. You might get physically assaulted. Yeah. There's a possibility.
1: You're not enjoying your day at the game anymore. I will say yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. You might get beat up, beers yeah, thrown a, at you, whatever. Absolutely. Yeah. There's, There's a, be a possibility.
2: Yeah. So, I I I feel like, I, I feel pressure already to stand for the national anthem. Yeah. Um. So, kudos to you to be out in front of everybody. Fucking right. And then take a knee for that. And risk your career. Yeah. And risk your career. Risk your career. And I'm glad that he got enough money from this thing to you know that there's money there's money yeah. here. there's money for him to have because i think that you know it's a powerful thing for him to do um you know standing up for it's a it's, he did it for police violence for violence against black americans right by the police, police that's brutality. why yeah, he did for, it and it's just raising
1: awareness yeah this is just raising yeah. awareness of the issue and saying like i'm I am going to create some controversy. We cannot ignore this yeah. issue.
2: He didn't, he didn't wear like a full bodysuit of Philando Castile after he'd been shot. <laughs> right? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like he didn't wear that. He didn't like come out
1: onto the field like fuck the police play. Exactly, right? Like, right? Yeah. He yeah. just,
2: he just took a knee. But people really flipped their shit over. I mean, you want to talk about, but I will say this. One thing that this does do though is this is bread and circuses that keeps us off of really important issues. Mm-hmm. And I will say that, you know, so many pundits talk about this, but then so, like, so does the president all the time. Yeah. The president tweets about this in the NFL. He loves to tweet about this. This is something that I think he absolutely adores. Oh, this is
1: great for him. This is it's a perfect. gift. It's a this perfect,
2: a it's a perfect way to deflect any kind of real criticism from him. Yeah.
1: Because this is his own yeah. an opinion. Thing. And he, and like his base is on the other side. 100%, right? 100%. So when this happens, like, yeah. oh my God, thank you. Yeah. This will distract you from all the failures I have in yeah. all my policy positions.
4: Yeah. I don't understand why we have to build a ray gun to aim at a planet I never even
3: heard of. Don't blame me. I voted for Kodos. Go!
1: Oh! oh, I love this story. I want to talk about this it's from Vox. Why Susan Collins claims she's being bribed over her Kavanaugh vote. This is awesome. I love this. So there there are a couple of women uh republicans that are um pretty pro-choice and Susan Collins yeah. is one of them. Yeah. Um and so there is some hope that she may vote no on Kavanaugh. She may not. She's not declared I don't think yeah, either. She hasn't way. decided yet. Um but there's a crowdfunding campaign that's raised a bunch of money and 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 here's the genius of this. And then I want to talk about her objection because it's this is this is all so interesting to me. So they raised a bunch of money and they said, "Look, here's the deal." If you vote no on this, on the Kavanaugh vote, everybody who donated, it's over a million dollars. Everybody who donated just gets their money back. Yeah. If you vote yes, this money goes to whoever opposes you. Yeah. Just want you to know. Right. So there's no bribe, right? So what she's saying. It's not that
2: she's saying. Yeah. Because she's saying there's a bribe.
1: That there's a de facto bribe, right? It's not. That, That there's a million dollar threat, which is looming over her. And that 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 constitutes a bribe, and it's like we allow this if it's a corporation. We allow lobbies to constantly give money through super PACs yeah. to our uh, to and that is clearly they're not giving this money to the to the candidate just to give this money to the candidate or, because yeah. they're buddy buddies. Yeah. So, federal law defines the crime of bribery as corruptly offering anything of value to a public official, including a member of Congress, with the intent to influence any official act. Nobody's so what, offering her anything. So Yeah, what they're saying is, like, we'll just... Look, everybody gets their money back. Well, you're, not, you're not getting the million dollars. Nobody's, right?
2: nobody's offering you anything. And she's bitching that, look, this... They're offering this, it right. to, the, to the person who's going to be yeah. opposing it. Yeah, so... So there the is a person who has no power in this situation.
1: I love this because yeah. this, this allows the people, the constituency, yeah. to exert a kind of financial pressure. Yeah. It's a, crowd, it's a crowdfunded lobby. Right. It's Which, a lobby. We need this. Yeah. This is the only way that, that we can crowdfund from a grassroots perspective, that we can exert financial pressure that has any of the kind of impact that corporations exert through these super PACs. The super PACs are much more overt. The super PAC is like, yeah, we're just going to give you a bunch of money. Yeah. Also, on Bristol Myers Squibb. So yeah. you know, winky face. If yeah. you see a fucking Bristol
2: Myers Squibb bill but come anything over, anything come across right. that that could influence us, you, and you see it all the time when these people um, get when they when they start uh, voting on things and you can see how their voting pattern matches exactly sort of the, funding. the, the funding that they get right. it's outrageous i mean it's it's clearly tra- it's transparent it's bribery it's transparent right. bribery and and it happens all the time uh, what's interesting is i think that there is going to be a rule against this campaign finance reform type of thing against this but not against yeah, super. Not pack. against any of the other stuff, man. If that happens, I I'll lose. You, my, it won't do any good, I but bet, I'll lose my. shit. I'll ship. bet you they do. I bet you they put something. If this goes through, if she on her principles, I think no. No matter how this plays out, whether she decides on her principles to not do it, mm-hmm. and they give that money to that other candidate, or they they she does it and she's pressured to mm-hmm. vote in this particular way, I feel. Like she is going to, there is going to be some push after that happens to make this illegal.
1: Man, I hope not because like, we're always being told since we were in civics classes, kids, like you have to make your voice heard. You have to make your voice heard, but that's a bull. That's bullshit, right? There's one way to make your voice heard two ways. You can vote. That's the first way you can make your voice heard. And then you can give money. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Calling and leaving a member, you know, a number, a message on someone's answering machine, writing a letter, no one gives a shit. Nobody gives a shit. That when compared to some fucking big corporation that donates 150000 dollars to a fundraiser dinner. Right. What you're oh hold on, my secretary wrote down that Tom said he's mad. Who cares? Yeah. I wouldn't care. Yeah. I wouldn't care and I'm me. It would yeah. be my message and I would delete it. Yeah. Who cares? Money it talks. It's the only thing. It's the only thing. But like, what's super exciting to me is like, we can aggregate our money now differently. We have we have a this is voice right. We we decided for all of its fucking horrifying flaws. Citizens United decided that money is a kind of voice. Yeah, they said that. Yeah. So I think that that's a high bar to climb. If we say that the people cannot aggregate their money. To elevate their voice, and man, if we do this, there is a possibility that we could matter again. Yeah, like it we could, could actually could change, matter again.
2: Could change some serious, serious stuff. Now, one thing you got to point out is that the million dollars doesn't guarantee that the person who she's running against gets any benefit, really. Right? It doesn't. You know what I mean, it doesn't yeah. guarantee anything. Yeah, money doesn't win money elections doesn't win it, necessarily. Yeah, not necessarily. Right. It helps. Yeah. but it doesn't necessarily win the election for you. And she's an incumbent, and she's. I, there's part of me that wonders if she's, you know, she's going to vote how she votes. Mm-hmm. I don't think she, this is going to influence her I don't her think so either. I think she just resents the yeah, pressure. She definitely resents the pressure though. And I think that, um, I also think that that money will be probably wasted in a place that it might not. But you know, what's, what's interesting is that it's enough pressure to resent. It's enough pressure it, to mention. Right. Because yeah.
1: if it was just phone calls, yeah, they wouldn't mean anything. They would no real pressure. They
2: wouldn't care. Right. It's funny that they don't call that pressure though. Yeah. You know the phone calls, right. the calling and whatever.
1: That's what yeah. should matter. Yeah. That's the funny thing, it's like none of that means anything.
2: so we are joined by m j mutal from uh nicely done yeah and he is uh he's the the author of the tiny thinkers books he's the uh he's the one with the crawdad pen we had on before and uh we would like to talk to him tonight about his brand new book that came out
3: uh Carl went to the library hey guys Thanks hey. for joining us. I'm Jay. I was hoping I could be in Glory Hole Studios, but so. But what I did is uh, I I found a, a rest area in Pontiac, Illinois, and I went into. <laughs> oh my God. I, I went into one of the stalls there, so we're recording live from Tiny Thinker Studio now. <laughs> <laughs> also equipped
2: with a glory hole oh, in the rest of Pontiac, area. Illinois. Oh, my gosh. You're going to get some one eyes out there and not one eyed willies. Let me tell and you. And not a brown eye
3: either. Although maybe. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, maybe. I'm, I'm, wow. I'm trying to figure out who are all these people that go to the toilet with Sharpies. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I carry a Sharpie in my rectum just for these sorts of occasions.
3: I have I have a job that requires a Sharpie yeah. and I don't carry a Sharpie <laughs> into the restroom. I mean, what
1: job requires a
3: Sharpie? I, I I'm a project manager for an environmental company. So I, I sometimes go out in the field and we have a uh, survey stakes and stuff like that. So I do those things Where, as well.
2: He has to put graffiti up everywhere. Hey, he's uh, just tagging. A, yeah, shit. Just he just, you're just yeah. tagging yeah. <laughs> shit. And you're trying to pretend that's your job. That's not your job. MJ. MJ MJ's got a really elaborate tag. With MJ the M has M and Banksy. And in there.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, er, er, everyone who writes inside of a bathroom stall loves Jesus, hates black people, and can't spell. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that fits. Like, if you're the kind of guy taking a shit, like,
4: well, should probably share my thoughts, now. <laughs> like, I just
2: want to go into the, I just want to go into bathroom stalls and leave web addresses. Like <laughs> 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 Yes, I don't do that already. So yeah. good. Like, Moving on. Yeah, Moving my, on. This is my favorite glory hole porn right
1: here. <laughs> so, I go, I travel to I, I bring a sawzall myself.
2: Nice. You know, nice. That's, uh, then you could just cut a yeah. I, we might as well just bring one of those hole saw drills or just a regular drill bit, I think would be fine. For yeah, it. like a three-quarter, yeah. Inch. Yeah, a three-quarter I'm good. inch drill. Yeah, three-quarter
1: inch drill, you be good. Now I got plenty of room on the outside. It's a diameters issue. Tell us, tell us a little bit about the book.
2: Tell us right. what, the, what, the, what the premise is. All
3: right, the premise is, Carl went to the library is a true story about Carl Sagan. When Carl Sagan was five years old, he asked his mother, what is a star? And rather than just give him an answer, his mother gave him a library card and send him to the public library to find the answer. Oh, uh, lazy parenting is the, know, best, that is the parenting. best way to do it. Oh my yeah. god.
1: When my kids ask me for food, I just give them a whisk. Now she, now she would just be like,
2: go to the internet. Right. (laughs) And then he's, he's looking up porn.
1: What's a vagina here. It's not Pornhub already. It's fine. fine.
3: I got a bookmark, but it is a true story. And Carl went to the library. He asked the librarian, Hey, I need a book about stars. And the the librarian went and first got him a book about celebrities. And he he was like, no dumbass. I need uh, the stars. And she's like, we have billions and billions of them. Yeah. So so she brings him the right book. And that that's an absolute true story about Carl Sagan. Uh, probably a lot of people who know your show know who Michael Shermer is. He wrote the foreword for this story. And, okay. and, and in there, he explains that that's one of his favorite stories about Carl Sagan, which why I wrote the book, because it was one of my favorite, because he had two inspiring moments at about the same time. One was going to the library and looking up what is a, a star, and the other one was it just so happened that the World's Fair was in New York at the time, and it was called The Future of Tomorrow. So many people might have heard Neil deGrasse Tyson's YouTube thing, The World of Tomorrow, The Future of Tomorrow, The World of Tomorrow, and that that's based off of that World's Fair and Carl Sagan you know, going to that. So the the book is an absolute true story, aside from the fact that we throw some personified dog in there, Uh, whose name is Hitch, and there's some other talking animals. It has kids in the book. Every kid that's in this book is a real kid somewhere. Is there a talking snake at any point? Because that's a true story. (laughs) I'm not sure if that's a true story, but I have... So. Kids, whenever they look at this book, you know, some kids are really too young to understand the science. So we do things in the book. We have this character, the protagonist in all the books, his name's Hitch. And so he might be really small on a page or really big on a page. And you have to try to find him and point him out. And so for kids that are a little bit younger, they enjoy that because there's things in the book that's that you can look at. Well, I posted one page on Twitter and... Hitch is really, really small in the background. And one of the Twitter followers said, Hey, is that a hooker washing windows back there? And, and you were like, Yeah,
1: yeah. I, you know, that's an Easter egg, <laughs> actually.
3: It's yeah, an homage that's, that's to the hooker
1: I
2: pay every week to wash my windows. Thank you very much. She's for noticing. my muse. I'm yeah. not supposed to come up
1: with these ideas on my own. Yeah.
3: But now, like every time I post something about this book coming out, this person comes on there and says, Hey, I'm not buying this book until you put a hooker. Watch your windows in <laughs> it. So somewhere I'm going to have to squeak it that's in there. A fair, but. That's a fair stipulation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That is an
2: entirely fair I stipulation. I have a book idea for you, MJ. Okay, go ahead. What I, What I want you to do is I want you to make a very accurate and adorable... Noah's Ark story where everybody dies, where oh. all the kids are dying, where all the like, like all the puppies drowning. are dying and the babies are drowning. And there's just like a serene look on Noah's face as he seals up the door to trap everybody on the oh. earth to drown. And then, you know, I, I just think, I think an adorable, very literal translation of the Noah's Ark story would sell like hotcakes in love the atheist it. community.
3: Absolutely. And we put a rainbow in it. Yeah, oh, hell yeah. Because
2: yeah. yeah, because God gave that to 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 Noah way before gay people co opted it. Right. There's like what I mean? somebody's like,
1: I'm gonna drown. It's like, well, I'm gonna give somebody else a
2: rainbow. Like, I what the fuck later on am I gonna do with a rainbow? I'll diffract light. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I think that would sell like hotcakes in the atheist
3: community though. It may. <laughs> I, 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 it would sell well in both communities. Yeah, that's the thing. Well, you sell it ironically
2: and unironically. That that that's be, the win. Dude. That would be the win if you could. If you could create something that, like it's it's like an onion article that people actually believe. Right, like, that is amazing. Like, you know that what would be write it in Russia. Yeah, <laughs> and then. Cause that's
1: where a lot of these stories. Anyway. So, all right. So you're on your third tiny thinkers book. How many have you written? I wrote
2: 60 books and only 40 of them are like good. What's the next one in the docket after this one?
3: It's uh Rachel Carson. It's called Rachel. Here's a song. It's about basically uh Rachel. Carson, Silent, spring, Silent right? spring. Yeah. And uh, no. there's a personified crow in there who can't sing for shit. And does it die? It, it's a written re- no, I I hope hope oh, it <laughs> baby. Baby <stuff>? Babies <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, no, 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 that oh, that's <laughs> nothing to eat. Because <laughs> all the insects are dead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm She's, so
1: I'm terrible writing these babies. books. I think you're great at writing these books. It'd be <laughs> fucked up. Oh, Jesus. The crow lives. Oh. Uh, boo. Spoiler. Yeah, yeah, spoiler. Yeah, yeah don't that. That's the book, not no. America.
2: Black things don't live in America. Oh, <laughs>
1: nice. Well, there's no cop
3: birds, so <laughs> <That's> it's fine. <laughs> There's like a legal eagle that comes by and kills. Them. But I, I do think I successfully wrote a kid's book about DDT, which the world yeah. needs. Because I'm I'm waiting for the one, the the one that
2: you had you had mentioned, the one that I was really excited about is the uh there was a an African American who created something for a fire department, yeah, like
3: the gas mask, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that should be book number five, but uh, we we got to sell book number three a lot of them first, <laughs> and then we we'll get to book number subtle three, subtle, which is is which is Garrett Morgan, and uh, that is probably my wife and kids' favorite story because uh, Garrett Morgan is like a real hero. You know, we look at Iron Man and Batman as superheroes, but they didn't really have any superpowers. Ho- they just had some really cool suits. Well, Garrett Morgan invented this really cool suit where he could go into basically a room on fire or or what in his case, he went into a tunnel explosion in 1916 and started pulling bodies out. So this is 1916 and his invention later was picked up by the U S army and became the, basically the basis for the gas mask. That's tremendous. Yeah. You know, yeah. This guy, this guy saved probably hundreds of thousands of lives, you know, over, over the course of time and is hardly recognized in history. And, You know, it's a fantastic story about all the things that this guy went through. He had to he couldn't sell his product to white people due to racist reasons. You know, people just didn't want to buy his product. So what he used to do is dress up as an Indian and he would hire a white actor to pretend to be the owner of his company. And he would demonstrate the products as an Indian uh, to sell it. And it wasn't until so easy, after even a he savage to- could
2: do it. Yeah. Like-
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Hey, that's that, 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 that I, uh, so I, I, own a house in Aurora, Illinois, and it's an old house. It's over hundred years old. And I ripped out the plaster walls inside and inside is like a treasure trove of uh, racist and historical things. Both, uh, there were some things in there was terrible. One of those things was a singer sewing machine advertisement that had some native Americans on it. And it really said that on the front. It said this, this sewing machine is so easy that even, even Indians can use oh. it. Oh, oh, oh,
2: must be really easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <That> was- <laughs> Jesus Christ. So MJ, if people were going to yeah. find this book somewhere, where are they going to find it?
3: You can find this book wherever books are sold, because one of the successful things we did is is our books is carried by one of the largest book distributors in the world. So you can buy this book worldwide, no matter what country you're in. If they don't carry it on the shelves in a bookstore, you can go up to the front, say, order this book. They'll have it in a day, maybe two at the max. Or you can go on Amazon. But a lot of people don't like to contribute to the trillion dollar business there. Uh, my preference, though, is to find some local bookstore and always support your local bookstores.
2: But if you if you send us a link, we'll put it on this week's show notes so people know what the book looks like and they can direct people to purchase the book at their local bookstore. MJ, thank you for joining us. Good luck with this book. I know I'm going to buy a copy for my nephew, um, and I'm looking forward to it coming out. I'm going to pre-order one now.
3: All right. And and just before we go, if the best way to find me is always to find me on Twitter, uh, at MJ underscore Mouton, or uh, my real name is actually Mario. So if you put Mario J Mouton or MJ Mouton in any social media, you'll likely find me there and uh, find me, follow me. And I write lots of historical things on my Twitter. So my Twitter feed is: I hate Donald Trump. Here's something really historically awesome and recipes.
2: <laughs> I love it. I That's love great, it. man. Thank you so much for joining us today,
3: MJ. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me.
2: So we want to thank our patrons, but we want to thank our most recent patrons. Of course, Philip, Robert, feminist as fuck. Rob, Blargle, Flargle, Gargle. That's old school. Yeah, it is. Rusty Trombone, Timothy, Tamara, The Leopard, and The Lily Historical Podcast, Killer Cotton, Ivan, Brian, Freethinker 215, Easy Score, Nicole, Joe, Chris, Steven, Craig, Puss Merkin. Oh, God. That's so gross. What the fuck. That's fucked up. Oh. Uh, well, thanks so much for your generous donations. We really do genuinely appreciate it. Thank you so much. I want to talk about a little bit of email we got. We got a message from Devin, and Devin sent this. This is uh after we were talking about the the uh, prison thing. He had said that. Basically, he's like, he doesn't think that giving people a life sentence, he he actually agrees with how they're doing it in uh, in Norway uh, with Brevik, where you don't get, uh, it, you have a possibility to parole, but there's always going to be a parole board that basically can push you back into prison. He says, you know, he doesn't like the life sentence without possibility of parole because people that are in prison, you know, they might not, they they might, if there's a chance that they can get out, you know, they they might actually wind up being able to change or at least be better criminals um, in prison. <laughs> yeah. So, you know what I mean? Like, be better prisoners. Yeah. So
1: it, That's an interesting point about, yeah. about behavior while you're inside and yeah. promoting good behavior while yeah. you're inside.
2: Oh, my gosh, Tom, I've got to play this video for you. This is a Brian Kemp ad for... He's in Georgia. He's running for governor. I just, just watched... it? What, what am I going to watch? A campaign ad? It's a campaign ad. It's amazing.
3: I'm Brian Kemp.
4: I'm so conservative... I blow up government spending. I own guns that no one's taking away. My chainsaw's ready oh my to blow up some regulation. Yeah. <laughs>
3: I got a big truck, just in case I need to round up criminal illegals and take them home myself. Yep, I just said that. I'm Brian Kemp. If you want a politically incorrect conservative, that's me. Ha!
2: Ha ha! What's what amaz- is happening? What's amazing is like I've never seen a guy in a more pressed, beautiful flannel shirt threatening to lock up illegals by himself with I'm his old. lots of guns or whatever.
4: Put illegals in my truck and
2: and what well, just drive them yeah, around. Well here's the thing: like, like it's not like it's a prison truck, it's just a pickup. They'll just jump out. Perfect. Or if you don't have work. Like if you have work, they might follow you. Yeah, they might I actually say, like, like you can go to Home, Home Depot, Depot and pick some of them up. <laughs> but you know, like the thing is, is like you watch that video and you see that guy. He just looks so pressed and clean, and like he, like when he starts that chainsaw, you're just like, I'm like, you probably don't work a lot. You probably don't.
1: Do I got this chainsaw. That. I'm not real familiar with. Like it just, it's just so funny because just my like, illegals use this to is, cut the trees. In what my is amazing
2: <laughs> is that you see this guy who. it it almost feels like he's, he's pulling a fast one on the hillbillies. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like he's probably. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if that accent was even faked.
1: I wouldn't be like, it's like what, uh, what are like the top five country music tropes? Exactly. That is exactly it.
2: A chainsaw. Uh, If he had a hound dog, that would have been it. If he had a hound dog, the end of all, he should have done a slug of whiskey. Amazing. Pet his hound dog. So, you guys were talking. This is from Nathan. He says you guys were talking about shitty jello-based foods. It's made me this series of articles from Cracked, and I clicked on this earlier and I regretted it. Um, six gross foods from fifties cookbooks that we taste tested. Oh,
1: what is that?
2: It's like a fucking baloney that they they dug out and stuck fucking lima
1: beans in it, or what is kind in of there?
2: Gross pea thing in there, and then um, then they have like. I got to get to the blue cheese one. That was just disgusting. Blue cheese mousse. What? Oh, it looks so disgusting. Like, look at how gross that <laughs> is. It looks so disgusting. I'm going to put a link on this so week's show notes. I'm going to put a link on this week's show notes. Fluffy, Fluffy mackerel, mackerel pudding. pudding. And then the last one is banana meatloaf. What is? It's got that? raw beef, chopped <laughs> onion, salt, pepper, breadcrumbs, mashed bananas, and dry mustard. Whoa, that it sounds would be so, so bad. bad. That sounds disgusting. So anyway, we'll put a link on this week's show notes if you want to gross yourself out. Thanks, Nathan. (laughs) Asshole. Got a message from Thomas, and he says, Liz Croken, my favorite part of this, is not the email itself; it's the title of the email. Liz Crokin's Croken. <laughs> <laughs> he talks about a, a phenomenon called vocal fry. Then he, he links to a, a link on in NPR, but it is actually really funny that he the, the name of the email is Liz Crokin's Crokin. Uh-huh. We got a message from S- Charlie, and Charlie says he was listening to 4:31, and we were talking about landing ships in Manchester. I don't. do we say ships? I thought we said troops. Yeah, um, I don't know. I don't remember. But he's like I'd say given that it's thirty miles inland, uh, it would be difficult to squeeze man uh warships up the Manchester Canal. Look, we've been uh we've been uh squeezing tight things into tight spaces. America's been doing that for a long time. Enough loop, we and can get so, right up your Manchester. Yeah. And and look, we've taken over a lot of Middle East countries. We got plenty of oil. <laughs> so we can just get right into your Manchester there.
1: And if you'd like to get Charlie. into the Manchester, you can go to Adamandeve.com. <laughs> 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 Enter Gloria checkout, take 50% off almost any item, get a free gift, and a free sex swing. And, and get right up that Manchester. Right.
2: Yeah. And you can do the Manchester. All right. So oh, we got an image. Um, this oh. is an excellent image. Somebody had gone through the trouble. I guess Trump had recently done this pose. Um, this pose where he's got his his hands up like this and he's doing that that sort of like I don't know, like gritty over to face biting his lower lip or whatever. Anyway, that was Photoshop. Somebody had cut out the entire background around it. It's so, so great. people have been posting it everywhere in a bunch of different things. And so it's Trump with his hands up, biting his lower lip, and it's really adorable. So check it out. It's on this week's show notes. It's, um, a, it's, great our, it's a great picture. It's a great picture. sent in by Aaron. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this week. We want to mention uh, to everybody who's a patron and to anybody who wants to be a patron that we're going to be doing a Discord show on the 29th. We want to mention it early.
1: Saturday the 29th.
2: Saturday the 29th. We're not quite sure exactly what time it's going to be, but it'll probably be an early afternoon. So that'll allow people from overseas and in other parts of the world to listen along as well. Um, So if you want to listen to our Discord show, and Discord is great because Discord allows us to really interact on a very, very short, um, a very, very quick way with the audience. There's not a lot of uh, lag or a delay in the interactions that we have with the audience. So people type stuff and right away, you're able to interact with yep. them. Um, and we had a great a lot time. Of fun. These events are yeah, fun. They we had a great time. So we'll probably be posting the show to patrons after it happens, but we do full shows on discord with patrons. We cover several stories, um, and we have a chance to to kid around and joke around so if you want to join in the fun either become a patron or just check out how to join discord as a patron and uh you can join our discord channel and uh we're going to try to put on one of these uh as often as we can we're tra- we're aiming for every month we're not sure that going to happen but we're aiming for every month um but the 29th of this month we're definitely going to have one so join us then we want to thank MJ Mouton for joining us tonight he's the author of Tiny Thinkers um you can check out his new book Carl went to the library Uh, It's going to be coming out in bookstores very soon. We're going to put a link to his Twitter and uh, to his project on this week's show notes. Check it out. He's a great guy and puts together some really great children's books. That's going to wrap it up for this week, but we're going to leave you like we always do with the Skeptic's Creed.
4: Credulity is not a virtue. It's fortune cookie cutter, mommy issue, hypno Babylon bullshit.